All right, man. Well, welcome back and cheers. Cheers, man. Welcome back to Sippin' Mimos. This is, uh, I'm Elliot. And I'm Jake. I nailed it. Yeah, you crushed it this time, man. And this is a podcast where we uh, uh, sip, uh, sip beverages and discuss 90s radio rock and 90s electronica. This is the internet's premier citrus-based libation 90s music podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, we're getting better and better at that. We're get- yeah, we are. I, like, I, I feel good about this. <laughs> I feel pretty good. So Jake, today we're discuss- today oh, we're discussing <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two. No, <laughs> okay, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Eventually, I've been okay. Um, tr- trying to work on work on finishing up my thesis. Um, writing about I think I've mentioned it before, but mm-hmm. writing about heavy metal in my hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, in the process, listening to a ton of really awesome heavy metal. Decided to. N- not cut my hair until my thesis has been approved and <laughs> past defense. So it's getting kind of old. It's getting kind of, getting kind of ratty. So I'm hoping May I can get a little trim up. So for, for listeners, Jake is like, it's something else. You're, you're Rob Zombieing. It's getting pretty intense. I, I'm, I feel like I've got a real like Rasputin thing going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, I mean, it doesn't look bad on you, man. I think you look all G- right. Giving off mysterious, sexy vibes, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. a cult orgy kind of vibes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, uh, we're going to bang so hard, I can tell you the future kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that his thing? He could, like, tell the future or something. What was that dude's deal? Is I that, I, I know that he, like, uh, that the Tsarina was smitten by him because her son... The only son of the Tsar and Tsarina had hem- hemoph- he was a hemophilia. He he would bleed or oh. something like that. I'm not a Russian historian. Uh, so oh. this is I'm really just going off of um, the Anastasia animated movie from uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Rasputin could mysteriously stop their son from the effects of hemophilia. And I apologize if I'm getting getting this wrong. Uh, and so, but so he had this like sway over the 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 czar, and Whoa. but that of course that pissed off a lot of the poor people in in Russia. Welcome back to Sipping Mimos, the internet space <laughs> libation where we discuss where Jake pieces together <laughs> Russian history. I, I, so I've been working from home. So folks, when you are listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this in the future, we're uh, in we're almost we're coming up on a year. Of, yeah we sure are of uh quarantine working from home oh the, not not everyone uh, a lot of a lot of folks uh myself included are working from home so i've not been in an office setting in a while and it, it, it while while it has its benefits like working from home like wearing pajamas all day what's up sure uh there is something to be missed about the camaraderie of of being in being in like an office setting yeah, I like the routine too. I, I like I get used to that. Like and yeah. getting out of the getting out of the house a little bit. Ugh, I don't know. And I like wearing ties. I don't know. You're you know what? You're always in the tie. Well, I, well, in the day, yeah. You know, this, this year's been pretty tieless. Pretty pretty short, shorter than ties this year, man. 
I was gonna say, I, I was hoping you were gonna say in the daytime and nighttime. That's where you wear the cape or the cowl. Well, I can't talk about that on the, on the show. <laughs> you been uh, you watching anything good lately? You know I have, Jake. You're are you caught up on WandaVision? No, oh, man. I'm just so excited to talk about this right now. I've been waiting like literally the whole <laughs> to talk about this. We've texted back and forth a little bit, and like uh, my thing was like I, I um I of course like stayed up and like when it when it or maybe it's the next morning I don't know when they dropped the first two episodes, and one that one that Marvel Studios logo showed up and like and the fanfare like bum bada bum 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 I was like oh I haven't seen a new MCU thing in a year and I'm losing my mind and I was so psyched and uh and then you're just dropped into a 50 sitcom that happens to be starring two Avengers and it's really weird and that show is getting awesome I I could not agree with you more I it was one of those things where I woke up and Gentle listener, a couple couple episodes ago, uh, I talked about my early morning rewatch of Wild Things. I did not watch Wild <laughs> Things. I I jumped on, I think just to have white noise, but on like The Simpsons. And on the banner on Disney Plus, it was like WandaVision. I was like, oh shoot, that's today. And yeah, just it was just I they didn't they really kept it, they did a good job of like not really giving a lot away you know like you you would you would see like the clips of them in black and white yeah and you would think like okay like like you know something they're gonna eventually you know not be all like hokey brady bunch but no they're like that the entire time Uh, pretty much yeah it's really cool it's wild um because like you're just you're just watching them and like bewitched or whatever the hell and like uh it's the riskiest thing marvel studios has ever done because they're everyone criticizes them for me oh they're so formulaic and like we you know we know this is going to happen and that's going to happen all right pick your superhero pick a villain make sure the villain is lame and then we're going to end with a big circle of laser in the sky or something but like this is like risky this is some risky weird shit they're really deviating from their formula and uh, props to them for doing something very different it's very different i agree i think I think it's the studio like finally like trusting their audience like yeah. to, to go along for a weird ride. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of that can be maybe owed to Gardens of the Galaxy. You know, I've read, you know, comic books, you know, off and on my entire life and never heard of a Star-Lord or a Groot or a Rocket. Yeah. You know, and but that movie ruled. It was so much yeah. fun. Sure did. So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I, I totally agree with you. I'm right there. I, I'm really excited for the show. And, and I think like, I think the year off of Marvel stuff really kind of benefit. I think we've talked about it kind of like made me like, really like, okay, something Marvel's coming out. I'm so pumped for this. And yeah, took a nice long break, even though they didn't want to. Black Widow was supposed to come out before this, right? Oh shoot! I forgot about Black Widow. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. Which is also an odd thing because both these projects feature a character who already died canonically. Oh. Like, like what? So, like, what are they? What are they doing? It's, it's so they're really diving into the mystery and uh, breaking the reality. And like, we're gonna get you know this. We're gearing up for a multiverse, and it's gonna have like they're expanding the universe in a weird, like, creepy way. It's 
gonna get creepy because i think wanda okay here's okay let's get into the show bold take i think wanda's the bad guy i yeah i think i think she's she's definitely the villain but i don't think she realizes it you know i think after a spoiler alert for in spoiler for infinity war spoiler alert um i think after the after suffering the trauma of having to experience vision's death twice twice one of those times at her own hand yeah uh i think that i think that really had i mean i mean fictional or non-fictional i mean that would have an effect on someone you know and i think that i think that this perfect world that she's created i think it's like um it's like her not being able to accept the reality that vision's gone you know i yeah i don't know and like the stuff when i i love when they um when she, the 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 one friend the 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 sword um yeah was like rambo Ra- rambo yeah and she was like oh you know ultron killed your brother right yeah like it's neat because no one's talked about ultron for a while because everyone everything was all about like like thanos so it was so cool to hear like this world because that happened in that world and yeah like these characters these folks are like living in this world and recalling these events and i just i just love it i think it's so good yeah and and rambo is the little girl in captain marvel that helped her pick out her color scheme you pointed you pointed that out to me i didn't realize that at first yeah and then her mom you know like in episode four she goes back to sword or whatever and her mom is now passed but like she and started sword but that's captain marvel's uh fighter pilot friend partner so cap so Rambo's mom was part of Sword. I think she started Sword. No, she. Yeah. Well, that would make sense because she got that Captain Captain Marvel tie. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, it's so good. <laughs> it's interesting. It's weird. It's super fucking weird. But uh, Darcy's it's Darcy, right? Cat uh, Dennings. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. She's funny. Uh, and Randall Park. Uh, I didn't. Re- I had to go back and do uh, a quick rewatch of the card trick i didn't get that yeah from ant-man and the wasp because yes. he's trying to learn because scott lang is learning all these card tricks uh, under house arrest and then <laughs> in the whole movie he's trying to figure out the card tricks and then he's, he figures it out in this one which is, which is great awesome what's so cool i, I um is it katherine Hahn? uh yeah 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 the neighbor yeah i'm wondering who's amazing she's like mm-hmm. just so good in the show Pretty yeah, much she's so good. So in good in any anything. She's really good in Parks and Rec. Um, oh, she's the campaign director. Yeah, right? yeah, the, campaign manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rudd. For Paul Rudd. Ah, I just Ant Man. Yeah. Kinda interesting. <laughs> How uh, about that? What, when it, when is Nick Offerman going to come out in in the, in the MCU? Like we, I could see him playing like a really like a you know grumpy uh, Shield agent or something. That'd be cool. I I, w- I would just love him as like Galactus. You know, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> maybe. Oh, he, oh. You know who I want for Galactus? I just thought it. I just came up with this. Who's that? Werner Herzog. That'd be cool. I am here to eat your planet. <laughs> that was a good Werner Herzog. I am Galactus, and your Earth is now mine for dinner. <laughs> That's really good. 
But then throw some effects on it or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be cool. Because you know, because you know, like that's gonna happen. Like, and there, it's gonna, Galactus is gonna be like a formidable, like foe, and it's gonna it's gonna require everyone to team up. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that that makes sense to me. Um, that, like that, that's the next logical villain after or big bad, you know, for like Phase Four or whatever the hell we're on, uh, is Galactus. But I wonder because it's so he's so silly. It's like a giant dude floating around space eating planets. I wonder if they would try to just do Avengers versus X Men. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm in. I'm down for whatever. I have complete trust in these dudes. It's, it's like they're making awesome stuff. Who do you? So don't, don't want to put you on the spot, but awesome. for okay. So the primary X Men characters, and this is just from like you know. Brian Singer is from the original. So Wolverine, oh. Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm. And if you got anyone for Beast, who do you got for Beast? For Beast? <sighs> I kind of like, here's what I would do. I would do, I would try to remake that first season of the animated series. I would do it that style. I would do it 90s style. Like, cause the original lineup is Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, Beast, and Angel. That's the OG lineup. But then, and then the all new lineup was like Storm, Colossus, and, the, and Nightcrawler, those cats. And then in the movies, you know, we, you know, black leather, blah, 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 bad writing. But then, and then, but then the cartoon, it's like we follow our Jubilee into this world, and, you know, Cyclops, and the whole team's there and shit. Um, but for Beast, uh, <laughs> um, Keanu Reeves. No, I don't know. <laughs> Nev Campbell. I want Nev Campbell as Beast. Oh man, I can see, I can see that happening. Who who would you who would Nev Campbell play in uh, in the X Men or in the MCU even? Is this an episode of Never Ending Story with Nev Campbell? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. This is this is uh, a new feature uh, for season two of uh, Sipping <laughs> Meaners that Elliot and I have uh, spent a lot of time on. It's it's called the Never Ending Story with Nev Campbell, where we Discuss about the filmography and uh, mm-hmm. the uh, cultural impact of yes. one of our favorite uh, actors of the '90s and, and you know uh, and today, uh, Miss Nev Campbell. Absolutely. Hello. Uh, okay. Here we go. Who would I? If like Nev Campbell in the, the MCU or just the X Men? Um, I guess either. Hmm. Um. You know, Rosario Rosario Dawson played her in in the daredevil series but and i can't think of the character's name but the nurse that yeah all the superheroes go to like the uh-huh. like i think i think like spider-man goes to her and daredevil when they get like beat up in battle yeah there's a thing in the marvel comics like uh they're called the night nurses and like um i think dr strange's love interest in the first movie of his was also one of them and like these essentially these nurses that know how to keep a secret and and patch up these guys after they get into battle um she could be yeah she'd be good at that i definitely can that'd be cool okay no i like that that's fine because fine because i mean honestly i would cast nev campbell as the next captain america whoa you know because okay that's that's just me Mm -hmm. but uh (laughs) i just really love nev campbell uh i I know you do and i want to see her in the marvel comics movies sure she, she could maybe she could play like Maura McTaggart, uh, Professor X's love oh, interest. That'd be kind of cool. 
distinguished, you know. Yeah. Like, I like that. They're still going to make a Blade movie, right? With, oh gosh. Oh boy. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Yes. Wow. How did I, did I nail that? Okay. Um, yeah, but that's like not coming for like until like 23 or something like that. But um, Huge mistake when they killed off Kick-Ass in <laughs> Ultron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. That was a Joss Whedon move, right? He loves he loves killing off a character every was, big movie. Was he behind that one? Yeah, he directed Age of Ultron. That 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 sucks because. <laughs> speaking of the X Mansion, I did a rewatch of Deadpool, uh, Dead, Deadpool two. When he, I, I, st- I started part. Of, I watched part of it the other night. It's good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's totally good. It's just Ryan Reynolds, you know, being beautiful and witty and charming. Yeah, and ridiculous. It's juggernaut tough. is awesome in that. Yeah, the ju- the Juggernaut that, reveal that, is so cool. That that's actually Ryan Reynolds. He like voiced he, him. He voiced him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> seeing Juggernaut and Colossus go at because Colossus was always my favorite growing up. Really? Okay, interesting. Did you ever play the X Men arcade game? Yeah. Or oh, I remember playing. Uh, is it Marvel versus Capcom? That was cool. I. I remember playing that a lot at, at, at uh, like at the movie theater and shit. I remember playing that. I like in the X Men game. I would always play as Colossus because he had his his like special move was he would go and this like big like <laughs> blast of energy would go off and it would kill like all the pterodactyl guys in <laughs> what was pterodactyl that? guys. Who's the pterodactyl villain? He lives <gasps> right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Sauron. Sauron. That's a yeah. Lord of the Rings name. Come on. Oh, it is. You're right. Wasn't Sauron like um on the island? Savage Land. Savage Land. Yeah. That was all that was a cool episode on the cartoon talking about that. Uh, the the character named himself Sauron after Tolkien's villain. Really? I guess the character is a Tolkien fan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's canon. Weird. I would like to see. I would like to see him. Um, that'd be cool. I think that'd be that'd be really cool. I'd love to see a man bat eventually. I'm all about humans turning into monsters in my in my in my comic book movies. So you're way into vampires. Just say it. It's okay. I'm, I'm really <laughs> super into vampires. This, this is a discovery. This is an important episode. We've 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 had a really big breakthrough tonight, Jake, and I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I think this is going to be great. I'm learning a lot about <laughs> X-Men, learning a lot about myself. Yeah, we are. we're all in this journey together. But you know, one of my favorite Scarlet Witch scenes um, was Age of Ultron, where she she goes and she's like, just like one by one, taking out the Avengers. That was when she turns the, the Hulk into like Berserker Hulk or whatever. And like, he just like, yeah, goes to town on that city. And then we get the Hulkbuster suit. Oh, so awesome. But like it was, it was just it was like the way that Scarlet Witch like went in there one by one, taking out, you mm. know, taking out Thor, taking out Cap, taking out Iron Man, putting them all in a trance. Yeah. <gasps> Which leads us to our next segment. That's the first time I really didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I thought about that one. like. For, Did uh, you really? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to crush it. Oh, my God. Well done. 
gentle listeners, this week, Ellie and I picked out two, actually, like, two very different, but at the same time, kind of, like, similar albums. A little bit, right? Uh, so this week, Elliot picked out American electronic artist BT. Uh, yes. Is 1997's ESCM. And I picked Tool's 1996 album, Enema. Right. Jake, what did you think of BT? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I would say BT should stand for Badass Trance. Wow. Okay. Uh, best Trance. Uh, but I you know, really can't say because I don't know a lot of it. Uh, I, uh-huh. I, I absolutely adored this this record. It was wow! Oh, cool! Such a great listen. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so this album is uh, it's wild. Um, so BT is uh, the it's it's his stage name. It's his initials for Brian Transo. I think it's Transo, and he's like been behind the you know it, he's like he's like the Wizard of Oz of trance. Honestly, like trance being the dance music genre. And this album, you know, he's got a lot of stuff out, but this album was, uh, like, him, like, just discovering a genre and really elevating it and making it something otherworldly. There's these, like, soundscapes, and, like, the the tracks are long, and they have these movements in them. Like, it's not just, like, a tune, and you get the idea. It's like, no, wait, because it's, like, minute three, the song changes completely, and, like, and, like, multiple vocalists in the same track and like all these weird samples and like um like nature noises and all this stuff i think it's so uh weird and ethereal and he's going for a spiritual kind of vibe thing going on um what did you like about it you know so i got like on my notes like you know one of the things i've enjoyed most about this project is learning about the different like nuances of each genre of electronic music yeah. you know everything that we've discussed from like big beat to house to now trance uh, it's been really cool to learn um, to identify uh, what unfortunately me and I feel like a lot of people would just consider oh that's just electronic music you know I've, I've learned that there are a lot there are a lot of elements to, to this type of music and it's not just electronic music yeah it's you know produced you know with electronic elements sampling uh i feel like there's a lot of like synthesizers on this record oh yeah, yeah, yeah and i think that's why i may have like connected with this one uh in such a way because i absolutely love synthesizers i cool. uh, experimented with a couple over the years uh not as much as i would like um but i just it's so much fun uh and to hear that on on, on one of our selections was was a total blast um so yeah i i text i texted elliot earlier and i said this is a nine out of ten because there's like 10 tracks in the american version uh which is really interesting because the one track i didn't not saying it's a bad track but i didn't really connect with it right away uh was the first one the opening track which firewater is, yeah you didn't like firewater i i didn't could i didn't I wasn't in love with it. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I hear you. I'm just gonna process that. And uh... wow. Okay. 
Thank, ladies and gentlemen, I think you're listening to the last episode of Sipping Me Oats. We've said that like four times. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, was it just uh, too much? Um, um, I think I was waiting. I think I was like kept on waiting for it to go to that next level. You know, like uh-huh. have like really cool in your face. <laughs> no, no, I, I, it's okay. I, I've got something to say, but I, 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 go, go, go on. <laughs> I, I like. <laughs> I like the acoustic guitar a lot. Um, yeah, which is so right out of nowhere. Like at like minute five, it just like everything kind of. Like, it was kind of just like like basement, you know, just like incorporated that acoustic guitar. Which, but basement Jackson would keep elements in the song repeating, like throughout the song. It's like cohesive idea. I think maybe your problem here, your problem, not mine. Okay, the thing is, BT is like a. He's like a superstar producer. Like, he is a fucking badass. No yeah. one can touch him on that. And But he's also kind of a show-off. And I think Firewater, the opening track, that's like, I don't know, is it 19 minutes long? And it keeps on... It's, <laughs> bit, it's like five songs in a row into one thing. And it's like, God damn it, just pick an idea and go down it. and Because it keeps changing and doing those different things. But I think that's kind of the idea. But it's also like masturbatory because he's like look how many things I know how to do <laughs> and, and, and therefore it's kind of a ADD and like overblown That that's like the big one on the album right like that's the funny enough no it's like uh, I think it's probably one of the last ones he finished before the album came out um, the big ones off the album are like Remember and Flaming June which were like tunes that were played out by DJs in the trance world, like all over the place and all the time. They're classics. Remember, remember is actually on my on my list of. I have some notes on that one. Okay. Um, yeah. So pretty much my notes just from the old Wikipedia. Um, for mm-hmm. for like me going into this one, what, wasn't sure what what uh, what trance exactly is. Just, uh, so according to the Wikipedia, it's a musical form that distinctly builds tension and elements throughout a track often culminating in one to two peaks or drops. Would you agree? <laughs> Jake, <laughs> Jake's really, breaking uh, your heart today. No, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, um, uh, oh, boy. It, it, describing a genre is like describing a color. It's like, uh, you, you know, it's like... um. Well, you know, red. It's like it's not blue. You know, it's so uh, okay. Um, uh, it's warm. You know, like that. Um, I would describe trance as uh, melodic dance music. Um, there is always a element of melody um, to it, and uh, they've kind of put the um, funkiness of dance music aside. Like, like we're not worried about being groovy or funky or even like. Like, like sexy or anything like that. It, trance music became this thing where it's like, uh, let's try to find this spiritual thing inside dance music where um, we're repeating a melody, repeating this arpeggio, and we're um, this uh, stomp, 4 4 kick drum, um, and people are just going into this hypnotic state, hence the name trance. Um, and yes, there's all these breakdowns where um, the beat drops out and then this you know, 
ideally, ideally, like beautiful melody, like kind of soars and these arpeggios build and build and build. And then the drop is when the kick drum and bass drop back in. <laughs> you could say it's about um, build up tension and then release. But I think it's, it's a bit, it's more, you know, it's more of a vibe. Okay. Yeah. I feel that. Okay. So going into that, like my experience with like trance was like, I, I, and he may not actually be, but like, like Darude Sandstorm. Yeah. 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 But I'm like, that was like, that was on the radio growing up, you know? Like that, it I, sure was. Like, a inexplicably. I have done, how is Darude Sandstorm on the radio and Firewater by BT is not? <laughs> Maybe because Firewater is 22 minutes long. I'm going to keep extending the time. <laughs> no, and I honestly, like, I remember, so go, whenever, whenever we would go to like, like quinceaneras in San Antonio, mm. um, when when Daru, it was like during like the uh, the high point of glow sticks. Uh-huh. You remember glow sticks? Yes, I remember glow sticks, Jake. Uh, why am I why am I giving you shit tonight? <laughs> why am I being so defensive? <laughs> Sip, Sipping Mimos remembers glow sticks. <laughs> Do you remember? Sipping Mimos remembers. We get like a uh, right there. Bum 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 But man, when when Sandstorm would come on, like the yeah. the dance floor would clear, and it looked like there was gonna be like a, like a fight, and these guys <laughs> would just like kind of like slink out of the crowd, and you know take out their glow sticks and start like doing. Like you know what it looked like. You remember when? Remember in the office when De- when D'Angelo was doing his juggling routine without his <laughs> the Will Ferrell character. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. He's you know juggling like. without the ball. That's what it looked like. I mean, like they would get so into it, and like so that was like, I think that was like the first instance of being like, oh, what is this? Like completely. I mean, although like BT has like some like some vocals on this, but Sandstorm, all instrumental. But I remember. Being really into it because it was catchy, it was neat, it was like, it was key. And you know, I, I, I you know, I, I, I write songs, but like a lot of times I don't really like singing, you know. Mm-hmm. So whenever I like try to experiment with like electronic music, uh, just just on just on like GarageBand, the vocal, I let the melody come through like on the synthesizer part, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really gravitated towards. Like the more instrumental stuff on okay. uh, on, on this record, uh, that's just like a like a personal. personal You've said before on the show that you like you, you go music first and then like lyrics kind of are a second. Yeah, I got songs that I started writing in like 2013. That I still haven't finished because I can't rhyme anything with orange. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the interview with Eminem where he rhymes orange with like? I've heard about it. It's the coolest shit ever. I'm like, wow, he really is pretty good at what he does. Okay, um, back to ESCM by BT. Um, did you listen to the UK or the US version? Mm. There's there's one difference. Um, the one. Let me see. I don't. I don't think it says. What's track four? One, two, three. The road to Lost Whistle. Yeah, it's the U- that's, that's the UK version. And I don't know how this happened. Oh, cool. But but the US version, instead of Road to Lost Wall or whatever the hell it is. Lost which Wall. is kind of a 
which is kind of a cool tune and it has like some drum and bass elements in it the, I mean a uh, high tempo track 4 on the US release is a song called Lullaby for Gaia and it's one of my favorite tunes favorite trance tunes like ever um, and I would yeah. recommend I'll send you a link but I think it's absolutely gorgeous uh, Memories in a Sea of Forgetfulness I love the chord changes on that one very good did you uh, like the rock and roll track Solar Plexus uh, it got a, got a little Nine Inch nails and stuff. Oh, shit. You beat me to it. That was my note. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, very, like, a lot of, like, ambient uh, moments in this record. Uh, just, like, uh, and I really appreciated that because I was working on my paper while listening to it, and mm-hmm. I feel like I got a lot done. Um, it's, like, a, it's very melodramatic. Um it's so dramatic. It's like, uh, I mean, it's like, he's like the theater kid of dance music. Guess, he's just like, oh, listen to this. It's amazing. And look, you can hear seagulls in the background. And like, now we're <laughs> like, all this. Blah, 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 blah. But you know what's so cool about like, you know, like BT, you know, it's, you know, I think a lot of, I think, I, I think oftentimes, when you when you when you hear like um like n- names like Mozart or Beethoven or Bach, you know, like those like oh you know the greats, you know those are you know geniuses, you know, and u- universally understood as you know just gifted musicians, you know. But when you listen to like this, you get the same emotion from like. Uh, like you said, like like a, like a theater kid, you know, takes you on these journeys. And a lot of times, like there are no vocals to this, you know. Like a lot of times, it yeah. is just, you know, a key change. It's in a minor key, so you feel like, you know, melancholy, you know. Or if it's upbeat, you know, and it's quicker, you, like you feel like, you know, your moods your moods lifted, you know. And I I think, yeah. I think these like electronic uh, producers, electronic DJs. I I mean, I think they're they're just as gifted as any composer, you know, to, to be able to, to be able to, to be able to create like uh, soundscapes and, yeah, you know, affect someone's mood just, you know, by, uh, you know, programming or flipping a switch or sampling something. I think it's, I think it's such an art form. And one, one of which it may not be, you know, in our lifetime, but I think one of which that, they're going to study in music appreciation classes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The same way they do classical music. I think everyone in our, in our, uh, everyone listening to this show is in a little music appreciation class, I'd say. That's what, that's what I've come to think Sippin' Mimos is. Yeah. It's a music appreciation podcast. It's a celebration of citrus-based champagne. It's It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so this this whole album is one dude. It's just one dude, which is kind of insane if you think about it. Because um, this guy has to know and has to understand um, how to play eighteen instruments. You know, has to, has to or at least know what they do: guitars, bass, drums, vocals, and he has to know how to record them, and he has to know how to um, uh, create new piano sounds and. Uh, put them all together with uh, all these weird, you know, soundscapes and, and 
field recordings and um, and also have an idea of how this at the time pretty new genre of dance music um, worked and uh, you know and what it could be and uh, and I think you said uplifting earlier and like that's always been the thing behind trance music when I first started DJing I started playing trance music the the thumpy kick drum and then these arpeggiated like since since like da, 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 uh, hits and all this and I, I would I would buy records only if they gave me goosebumps that's the only way <laughs> I would get a stack of records at the record store I would listen to each of them at the little listening stations and the ones that gave me goosebumps I would buy and add to my crate and, and play out and that's like the whole kind of I think vibe about trance and there's a there's a weird like you know pseudo spiritual side of everything going on i i uh could not could not agree more i one of the first times and didn't really like realize it was trance until like you know really recently when I started listening to bt this sound, and, I, and i thought oh this sounds like this track that uh one of my cousins let me listen to so my cousin uh missy shout out cousin missy she bur- let me burn us a, a, a cd from her it was called mel's mix and on it, it had like a bunch of like what I, what I realize now is trance music. Um, there's a lot of like just dance music. Um, one song in particular, there's like delay on the keyboards. There's like arpeggios, and it's just like it. You listen to it, and you get the feeling of like you know on a dark stage, and there's a blue light, and the blue light's just like drizzling on you, just like specks on you, you know. And it's like. I, 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 that's that's something I could describe it. It's just like in a dark room, blue light. It's it, it's just the songs like rock my world like for wow. maybe the past twenty years and and I think that maybe like the first instance besides Sandstorm uh, <laughs> when <laughs> I like really got a taste for this. Um, I also really grew up listening to. I, I grew up really loving like nineties dance music, like. The stuff you the stuff you heard probably on Night at the Roxbury. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I I just I, I have such an affinity for that. I I don't know why. Um, like this is the rhythm of the night, shit like that. Exactly. Like by <laughs> by unfortunate unfortunate for 2020 name Corona, the artist Corona. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, remember actually gave me a lot of those like 90s pop vibes. Awesome. Remember's a great tune off this album, and um, the vocalist is Jan Johnston. She kind of kind of became a uh, um, like um, <clears throat> like the trance vocalist to go to. Uh, and I I don't know if it was BT that discovered her or whatever, but like uh, she's she's on countless trance tunes. Like you know, uh, yeah. And Remember was a big big old hit up there with uh, Flaming June. Really like that one. Reminded me of like like Corona, uh, Hadaway, Snap, and like. Did you ever listen to Gigi D'Agostino? Um, I don't think so. He's great. I'll send you some stuff. Um, kind of, kind of like remember. Um, just like, like a strong like vocal. I know I said I like instrumental stuff, but the vocal part on this one is really good. Uh, just like it is in Remember. Um, and then I had uh, Content that last song. Oh. Which I think that might be the 19-minute song on the record. It it is a longer one. I think it's like it's, 10 minutes. 
It's 11 minutes. Yeah, it's 10.50. But, uh, but it's so good, right? I I had it, like I said, I was working on it, working on my paper while listening, and it finished, and I was like, okay, like, go through listen to it again. And it just started playing up again. And I thought I thought Spotify had just started the album over. But it, there's, <laughs> like a, there's like a silence, and then one last little... Something that BT kind of, and I don't know, if, I'm sure he wasn't the first person to do this, but like he switches up genres within a tune. Clearly, we've talked about this. Um, in that tune, content um, with the beautiful piano keys, right? Like bum 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 bum. Um, and that's like a very, I mean, it's a very trance keyboard. It's very like trebly, very like crisp. Uh, it's it's a keyboard that I recognize from other like electronic, like very. Very crispy keyboard. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. Very trebly, does that make Cr- sense? Super crispy, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in the middle of the tune, it kind of breaks away and uh, stops for a bit and then starts building up again. Then now we're getting into these breakdowns and buildups. It's that release. It's that ecstasy of like, oh my God, this song is back. And we're back where we used to be. And uh, there's a there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a there's a element of storytelling happening here, you know. Yeah, like you're like you're on the yellow brick road and you go down. You talked about Wizard of Oz earlier. You go down. I did. Yeah. You go down the the path where the trees are alive, and then you get back to the safe yellow brick road. Absolutely. Uh, so, one question before before we um, talk about uh, before we talk about Anima, uh, what? Where would you put BT and Paul Oakenfold? Um, Oakenfold is a, is um, a DJ. You can we can go back and forth about how technically a, a proficient he is as a DJ. I'll say he sure knows what he's doing. BT um, insists that he's not a DJ. Although the one time I've seen BT perform, I was seeing um, this production duo called Hybrid in Florida, and BT just showed up and got behind the decks and played a couple records. And it was the craziest shit ever. And I only recognized them because BT might have the craziest the haircut. Hair? I was gonna say. What's that? The best hair. I've, he, has, he has wild hair. <laughs> um, but uh, BT is a producer before everything else. And uh, Paul Oakenfold is not. Um, I think BT is uh, a brilliant producer and there's no denying that. Even if like, you're a, you know, hoity-toity electronic dude that doesn't like this kind of trancey stuff and you think he's too melodramatic which is fine fine argument I'll go with you on that but this dude knows what he's doing he beyond this album later on he went and started producing shit for all these pop stars like NSYNC and Paul Confole is a name that like I've heard even not even uh, a casual listener to like electronic music Paul Confole is like a name that I've heard for, for a while yeah uh, and learning how influential uh, BT is, I was just I was just curious to see what your thoughts were on where the two, where the two stand next to each other. Paul Goodfold is uh, a world-renowned tastemaker. Um, wow. uh, you know, he's a he's a curator. He's he he owns the gallery. BT BT is painting the paintings. Oh, very very well put. I just made that up. That uh, I think good. that's that's apt though. Yeah. <laughs>
So on the other side of things, uh, for my album this week, I picked an album, the only album by a band that I've actually really listened to in depth and 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 uh, no 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 quite well. Uh, oh. Tool is one of those bands that has a heck of a following. You know, yeah. there's some there's some diehard Tool fans out there, and you know more power to them. Uh, I came to tool kind of late in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But this album and particularly the opening track stink fist. Um, oh, <laughs> it's never not going to be funny. Like what are you going to do? Uh, okay. Uh, this song, this song was one of those songs that like buried itself into my brain for years because like before like Shazam, I would hear this song on the radio and I would be like, I would ask people like, "What's the name of that that song that goes like, and they're just like, "What are you talking about?" Like, whatever. <laughs> well, that's why that's what it's like being a DJ trying to find records before the internet. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so it was just one of those songs that I heard, I'd heard for years. Uh, it's this album is really like mixed in a way where the vocalist. Uh, Maynard like his vocals are kind of like buried in the mix like they're not like out in front like a, a traditional like rock record I feel yeah yeah the vocals are kind of a yeah they're like underneath the guitars and all that yeah yeah and and like half the time he's screaming through a megaphone or whatever so it's like yeah exactly like and so Tools like considered like an alt alt metal prog metal band okay you know, and I would honestly, I can't even understand. I didn't, I can't even understand what Maynard is saying. Um, right. And so I just kind of like take his, the part where he's like screaming, you know, doing his thing, take it as like another instrument in, in the mix and just take it as like an, like an ambient experience, you know, just sure. Which I really like. It's kind of like along the same lines as some of the stuff with like BT. Um, like some of like the long extended breaks, like what, as a drummer, what did you think of Danny Carey's drums on this one? Um, yeah, I thought the drums were off the hook, uh, off the hook, lots of floor time. Um, mm-hmm. and everything sounded like it was, uh, recorded in a, a car factory. This is so much clanked, um, you know, just, um, moody and dark and theatrical. Really dug yeah. it. Like a lot of like, um, a lot of the hitting the ride, the bell on the ride, going into those, uh, uh-huh. those jazzy breaks. Uh, on yeah, some, on some of the tracks, uh, I I just the I listening to this one yesterday. I did did a, did a listen. I never noticed how much of the drums I really really love on this record. Yeah. Um, and I I I I think may may have said this last time may. But I consider like Tool kind of like a metal Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't hear any of that. What, what made you? What made you say that? So okay. So like, don't get me wrong. I love the Chili Peppers. You know. I might, maybe I was listening for the wrong thing. I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean by that. What, what do you mean by that? Like, like I said, like I love the Chili Peppers. I've, sure. I've, I've been fortunate to to catch them in concert um, a couple times, and they're always really good. Um, that being said, Flea, virtuoso bass player. Clearly. Chad Smith, 
virtuoso drummer. Uh, looks like Wolfgang. Looks Wolf like Wolfgang. It's like odd. <laughs> and, and John Fushani, incredibly creative, you know, yeah. bending guitar player. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Kiedis? Eh! You know? Uh, like, okay, not I'm the greatest, Not the greatest vocalist in the world. However, that being said, it would not work without him. You know, like, without his, like, little, without his, like, the flair that he brings to his vocal performances, you know, like, without his swagger. I, I honestly feel like Adam Jones, guitar player, just, like, not, like, didn't do, it's not doing, like, a lot of, like, crazy, like, technical stuff on this record, but just really creative guitar playing, like, a lot of, very, like, rhythmic guitar playing. Um... No guitar solos, right? None. None. No. We're not. We're not here for that. Okay. Not at least not for this one, which is, which is interesting. You know, I mean. Oh, okay. It's just, and then you got uh, Daniel Carey, the drummer, mm-hmm. uh, brilliant drummer. Like, just. What else has he been in? Anything or? Daniel, he's in a lot of things. I, when Tool went on hiatus, he played. Uh, he played drums for a lot of, of different artists. Um, is he a, like is he one of these like studio drummer guys that that's like a badass but for hire? Is he a mercenary drummer? <laughs> I don't I don't know if if he's like a studio guy, um, but he's he's played for everyone from like uh, bands like Skinny Puppy, Pig Face, The Meat Puppets to Carol King, you know. Uh, and he's just I was like really like listening to it and I, I think like after this listen for, for the Mimos I think his drums were my favorite part of this re-listen I, I thought the drums and the um, uh, production that I'm sure we'll get to um, but uh, same with the vocalist who you're not a huge fan of but like the, this team is just greater than the sum of their parts Somehow, yeah, yeah lightning, exactly. in a, lightning, lightning in a tool kit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then the bass you have uh, Justin Chancellor. Uh, he's an yeah. English player. Um, I think the songs is it. Uh, I'm terrible. Terrible song. Is it four to six? Uh, forty six and two. Yes, I like I like that one a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, I think that's one with that killer bass part. The um. I just they're all they're all such creative musicians and what they what they brought to this album just really made for a really like brooding angry listening experience and that being said uh Maynard the vocalist he's not my favorite rock vocalist but he brings a certain something to the band that really just ties everything together with 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 a wrench shaped bow, you know, like, mm-hmm. so that's why I say, like, I think they're, like, I consider them like an alt metal chili peppers. <laughs> because you're not a, the vocalist is, you can take it or leave it, but. Yeah, like, you could, I could, they're not the best vocalists in the world, but what they bring to the band is irreplaceable, if that makes sense. Now, okay, now is the vocalist, sorry, what's his name? Uh, Maynard, uh, Maynard, Maynard James, 
I don't want to get this wrong because I know there's a there's a ton of tool fans and oh Maynard James Keenan. Okay, uh, no, would, is he like a is this like a Radiohead situation where he's running the show, or is it like perfectly collaborative, or what's who's who's running this thing? If I'm not mistaken, I think the uh, the Adam Jones, uh, Daniel Carey, Justin Chandler, the bass player. I think they're the ones writing the music because mm-hmm. I know because Tool famously like took a really long hiatus. Yeah, there's the big big gaps between albums, right? That's that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. And when they hey, gaps, good for them, I like that. That's, that's fine. Right. I think they only have like four albums, four or five full albums. And they've mm-hmm. been around for like twenty plus years. Um, I, and I think during these like cycles, like Maynard, the vocalist, will go and he's formed like totally other bands and recorded multiple albums with these bands. Like he like famously did like a perfect a perfect circle. Um, How old are these guys? How old are the members of Tool? Uh, I would say fifties. I looked up that lead singer. I'm like, oh, he. I didn't realize this, but like, he's a. Uh, He's a very interesting guy. He was How in the, he was in the army, and apparently, like he got a he got a an op, uh, he got offered to, to go to like West Point. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, which, which I never realized that because, like, you see, he's he's famous for coming out dressed in like all kinds of like really wild costumes, and he's kind of like just like kind of like out there. But he, uh-huh. I think, it turns out he's like a really like intelligent you know guy and at the very least uh disciplined yeah right if he's a vet holy shit how about that um cool what what are your other favorite tunes on here oh man um i think for this one i liked pretty much most of the song this it may have been like a bt situation except for like i think maybe the last track which i really wasn't third eye Uh uh-huh I like 14 the mi- fourteen minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I like the Bill Hicks, um, the late, late great Bill Hicks intro where he was like, "I think drugs have brought us a lot of good things." And if you don't think that, take all those records uh, that that you have and burn them because yeah, yeah, they're really fucking stoned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things where, like, because the vocals are kind of like buried in the mix, mm-hmm. I think it would benefit to have like a lyric sheet to read along. I was just going to ask you, because speaking of uh, lyrics and everything, how do you feel about having the lyrics in the liner notes? I, I personally like it. Um, so you can sing along or, or what? Uh, so I can settle arguments. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, she's got a chicken to ride, not a ticket to ride. Um <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I like a nice, like, I like I like a nice lyric sheet. And I think that goes back to, like, my days of buying, like, CDs and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think I mentioned uh, that in the liner notes of ESCM, I'm pretty sure it's ESCM by BT um, from previous in this episode. Uh, <laughs> click back 30 minutes to hear our discussion on the ESCM. Um, in the in the liner notes, BT says because he's such a fucking producer nerd. I recorded this and I produ- and I mastered it on this this specific set of headphones, like whether they're Sennheisers or Sony's or whatever. He's like, so that's how I think it should be listened to. I'm like, okay, 
fucking relax. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess um, if the production's in the forefront and like uh, and, and in this band is greater than some of their parts and all the, if they, if you're gonna put lyrics in your liner notes, put the sheet music in there with them. Oh, uh, so because so because cool. you're putting the lyrics above everything else and you're saying, well, that's just, this is what's important. Like, but this isn't a pop tune. It's fucking it's a band and they're at, by your own admission like they're they're uh, all fucking badasses. So let's do that. That'd be cool. I think the first three tracks, uh, right off the bat, Stink Fist, Eulogy, and H, I think we're yeah. bangers. Front loaded. Um, the aforementioned 46 and 2. Uh, the hint from uh, uh, our last episode, our, our, our last phallic-based episode, Hooker with the Penis. Yeah. Is that the f- fuck you buddy one? Yeah. Yeah, he says fuck you buddy a lot. Um, Okay. Uh, <laughs> I had a, I was talking with a neighbor and playing this on my new little boombox thing. He's like, "Oh, you should listen to um, is it one of my favorites off that album's uh, Hooker with the Penis?" And I thought he was kidding. <laughs> I'm like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Dude, the first track Stink Fist. So they have weird track names." I'm like, "Ah, fucking fair enough." So he put it on. I'm like, "Okay, I get it." Fuck you, buddy. It's 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 a band that there are a lot of like really like dark imagery i know like it's a band famous for their art, artistic integrity i know they, they famously oh. kept their music off streaming services mm-hmm. um, and I, if i'm not mistaken it's because their albums are packaged in such a way that it's kind of like an experience um there's there's usually like a very large like booklet that comes with it uh-huh with a bunch of with a bunch of different like artwork in it from the band. Uh, if you've ever seen their music videos, uh, their guitarist Adam Jones, um, they're all stop motion. He directs all of them. He's like, a, so they're they're a band that like has their hands in a lot of different artistic things, and they're all really freaking good at them. <laughs> These guys are they're multi talented. I saw on the wiki that the uh, album art for Anima Anima whatever um, was like nominated for like best album art of the year because i think was because had they uh they had a um specific was, jewel case designed for them or something. yeah it's if you tilted it it kind of made it like a 3d image kind of thing like lenticular i think it's what's called or oh uh-huh uh-huh okay okay um my neighbor was also saying like they were they were really influenced by you know one of these artists that's like way into like lsd and does like the, all the you know you've probably seen memes about like these guys like you know like the human body with like the brain synapses firing out and all this and like yeah it gets crazy uh, and crazy like they're very influenced by that dude visually there's a really funny a really funny meme i saw and it's like it's like a medical chart of like a like a muscle structure mm-hmm. and like full album artwork and the medical chart and they were like okay, <laughs> is this a tool album or is this a muscle chart <laughs> that's very, great like very vibrant and i don't know like they're a band that I would love to see live. I've, I've heard their live their live show is nuts. Um, I know, like Elliot and I made plans to go see uh, Rammstein uh, in San Antonio before. That was like period. feels like five years ago, but yeah. Which I heard they put. I heard this show's still going to happen. So what? <laughs> All right, I'm there, man. We gotta go. We gotta no, that, go. We'll dedicate an entire episode to it. That'd be amazing. Oh my god. This is another California band, Jake. I know, man. I'm, st- I'm stuck on vampires in California. I don't know what know what the deal is. 
Well, it's just like another band. Like uh, I'm like surprised that they're from California because it's so. I don't know. You think California? You think like, oh, well, you know, it's nice out there and weather's nice, and like this is so just dark and like uh, I just pictured. It's another cold weather album, dude. Like, yeah. right? Like I don't know. And if you thought this like reminded you of uh, BT's ESCM, it reminded me more of uh, last episode's um, Remedy because of all the interludes and intermissions that they have on it, which is kind of cool. Um, and like track eight is this intermission, and I think that's meant to be like you're flipping the record over, you know, which is a cool idea. Do you like the intermissions? I did. I, some more than others. There's, I think, is it Die von Satan, where it's like this like industrial, like German. Yeah, that was, I dug that one, but it, I think I was playing it full blast and it freaked my neighbors out. But yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's like a cool industrial like uh, dr- you know drum loop, and then like some guy screaming in German over. It. I'm like they're like oh boy, Elliot's in trouble. But uh, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> it's yeah, finally- we, yeah, we it's finally happened. We knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> uh, overall, final thoughts on Enema? Yeah, I guess I really haven't said much. I really enjoyed. It. Um, I think it's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend more time with it. Uh, I like that the album is a cohesive piece and it tells a story. You know, they get the inter- interludes and the you know big long track at the end. It's great. Um, uh, the drumming's insane. The production's insane. <laughs> everyone, everyone in both of these albums really took their time to get everything exactly where they needed it to be, and it sounds great. So I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I. This was a cool one. I, I don't. I I need to listen to more because, like you said, there it is such a rich um, fan base. It's such a dedicated fan base, you know. And yeah, uh, and I think they certainly. I know, there, and there's some folks who just like absolutely cannot stand toll. Uh, you know, teach their own. But I think going back and listening to this with like a. Uh, what's the word not dedicated ear but with a um mimo's ear uh <laughs> want to dive back in want to dive into the tool pool um, the tool pool with the mimo's ear <laughs> what, what, what do you got for me next week yeah wait did you go first last time or did i i went you went first last time i did yeah so i go first this time if you like do you, do you already you already have it I do. Okay, then you go. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate from from the formula for next week. <gasps> what do you mean? Uh, the 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 artist I'm gonna. I don't pick. like change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking I'm I'm picking the, the electronics that album. So we're doing the rude. <laughs> uh, even though he's not a traditional like rock artist, I think he is uh, a rock star in every sense of the word. Um, and uh, he's actually was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, just this past year alongside Whitney Houston and the Nine Inch Nails. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So the album I will have you listen to for next week is 1994's Ready to Die by the Notorious B.I.G. Mr. And I'm super excited for you to check this one out. It's got killer production on it. The drums are nuts. It's, I'm really excited for you to listen to. This is one of my all-time favorites. Notorious B.I.G. You said you were going to go hip-hop with it. I want, 
I wanted to like, I just, cause this, this album, I, I discovered it later in life. Uh, admittedly, uh, I grew up listening to a lot more Tupac, um, which we will definitely get some Tupac on, on, on the pod. Um, but this one, I really, the storytelling is just second to none. Uh, uh, Notorious B.I.G. was just such an incredible toy, uh, uh, storyteller and I just really cannot wait for you to check this one out and to discuss it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I'm really excited. Okay. Ah, uh, I, I, I know like, of, I, I, I haven't done, done the deep dive. <sighs> I've had like my list of like, like, um, you know, five albums I know I'm going to do someday. And they always just move around and it depends on my mood the time of recording but you know what jazz on this podcast it is about jazz baby and that's a good note because you know what we're doing ne- next time oh shit we're gonna make we're gonna have you listen to the debut album okay by a very special band to me and the album is called dummy it's by a band called portishead jake do you know who portishead is i do not. it looks like they're a trio Something like that, but <laughs> it's '90s makeup music, and it's it's like sultry and dark and jazzy and like ooh. So, yeah. All right, I feel good about that. So, Notorious B.I.G. and Portishead. That's it. All right, that sounds like a good up. Oh, I'm That's excited. Be a good one. Portishead, another one of those that I've I've heard the name bounce bouncing around for years, uh-huh. and years, but never really dived in. Um, I think you're going to fucking love it. It's going to be vocals first um, because uh, the the, um, um, the the vocalist Beth Gibbons is just unreal, and it's got this like just like like kind of creepy. It's you know almost gothy, but very '90s kind of vibe to it, and it's it's so dope. All oh. right, it's gonna that's gonna be a good one. I can't wait, dude. All right, well. I think this was, I think this was possibly our best episode yet. I think this is probably almost certainly our best episode yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank thank you for listening to Anima by Tool. Hopefully, you don't have to get an Anima. That would not be fun. But <laughs> me and me and a friend of mine used to joke about like we're gonna get colon our colons cleansed all the time, like as as a joke. But like we actually kind of were curious about it. Like I heard you feel like twenty pounds lighter. And then, like, I heard, like, oh, you actually, it's not, it's actually kind of not good for you. And, okay. it, like, like you need those enzymes in your large. It, okay, how did this become the ending of this episode? Welcome, <laughs> back, to Welcome, back. <laughs> Welcome back to Sipping Enemas. Let's start over. Let's start over. Let's start the whole thing over. Anyways, have you seen WandaVision yet? Wanda, WandaVision. <laughs> well, and, and, until next time, my friend, where we'll have an, hopefully another episode of WandaVision to discuss. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And uh, we didn't talk about it, but uh, next time we definitely have to talk about Jared Leto's, uh, the new picture of him as the Joker for Zack Snyder's Batman. Um, are you going to watch that uh, um, Snyder cut? I definitely am. Uh, well, ha- we can devote a whole episode to that. that that's going to be a fun one. But that's like March 18 or something. Yeah, I'm more excited about that Godzilla Kong. Yeah, I guess. Whew, it's I, like, 
I've got like butterflies just thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to our episode about Tool and BT. I hope you. Um, I hope everyone listened to the albums and, and dug everything or didn't like it or whatever and enjoyed our discussion about it. Please join us next time when we talk about the Notorious B.I.G. and Portishead. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. My friend, cheers. Cheers. Clink. Clink. Doo-doo.